0: This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to the show this week, everybody. Uh, It is the first episode of our second season on the Hockey Podcast Network. For those of you who have been listening to the show for a long time, you know I've been doing it longer than that. Uh, but excited! Um, it's been a great ride with the hockey podcast network for the first season of it. Um, some new improvements to the show. Uh, we've got the video feature now of it. If you want to watch the shows, if you want to interact live, it's easier being able to comment just right there on Facebook and and uh, Twitter and all that to the live stream of the show. So uh, jumping into it this week, um, doing something a little different with this midweek show. I know that. Uh, maybe you want to go a little lighter with midweek uh, instead of the weekend. So we are going with soda of the week. Uh, this week's soda of the week is Frosty's Cherry Limeade, bottled in Michigan. Let's take a sip, see what we think. That's really good. I think the lime flavor—the lime flavor—I'm tasting more. Or the cherry more. One second here. All right, That tastes like a melted icy. Um, trying to think about what's it. Comp- it almost tastes almost like that code red Mountain Dew. I don't remember if, if they still make that. I don't buy a lot of Mountain Dew, so I'm not real sure, but it, it tastes a lot like that. Um, uh, a nice, a very sweet flavor. It, it it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, it's not my favorite soda I've ever had, but it's pretty good. I'm 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 enjoying it. It's uh, I'll be enjoying it throughout the show here this week. But yeah, jumping into it here, um, jumping into the big news of the week. Last week, one of the big stories was we had a lot of Blue Jackets with COVID. Uh, we didn't know exactly how many. We knew it was a few. This week, they've reopened the facilities. Um, we know players who had have it, who did have it, are now back in the facilities working out. The team did not comment on who it, who it was that had it. Which makes sense. Um, I made my, my feelings on that last week's show. Just that if it doesn't affect them not playing a game, it's none of my business. One, once they're playing a game, there's some newsworthiness to who had it and who didn't. But if they're not playing a game, no big deal. Now, the thing that I found... I mean, there there were some interesting quotes from the Dispatch about it. Um, the, uh, the quote from Nick Foligno that I found good is... Uh, this is a real thing, Foligno said. You can't hide from it. It doesn't discriminate discriminate against anybody. And I think we've got a good dose of that as an organization. But I think everyone handled it really well. It also makes you realize there's only so much you can do. There's a lot of stuff out of your control, especially during a pandemic. So you just learn to control what you can and look for better days. Uh, this is the second. I mean, obviously, the other big story that happened this week was Ohio State had a game canceled because so many players started uh, either testing positive or, or things like that. I don't think there were many people with symptoms, but those positive tests are the concern because you don't want to spread the virus. Where Felino's quote of there's only so much you can control makes a lot of sense here is if you've been following it and being in an Ohio and I've been following it, Franklin County has got a lot of spread going on, just a ton, and it's causing issues. um I mean, they, my indication probably at this point is probably the players didn't even get it from like. I mean, maybe once one of them had it, they spread it to others. But you, this is community spread at this point. Uh, it's a concern. I mean, we've seen what other sports have happened with. I mean, today there was a football game on a Wednesday afternoon because the Ravens and the Steelers had to keep delaying a game that was happening on Thanksgiving. Uh, I it was it was funny during the during the broadcast of that football game. It was mentioned that this was the end of the longest game week in NFL history because it started at noon on Thursday. And the last game was starting at 3.30 p.m. or 3.40 p.m. the following Wednesday, which is crazy. And that's where you really get the sense in your head that if the NHL wants this to work with any semblance of a season, they kind of need to get on their horses and get going because you're going to get delays. You're going to get issues you're going to get little clusters where a team has four guys test positive. And hockey isn't a sport where you've got a week in between games like football has been trying to pull off. You've got, depending on how many games they're trying to force into this season, maybe a day, maybe two. I mean, unless you go down to a 48-game season and say, we can go all the way till July 15th, finishing the season. And the thing is, you don't want to cut it that close. The plan needs to be to finish the Stanley Cup by July 1st because if you have to push it back, you need that space. You Just rushing this is not going to be a good plan. So it's good to hear that everybody seems to be better. It doesn't seem like anybody's got any – there doesn't seem to be any long-term issues at this point, which is very good. But uh, we're going to hope for the best there. So uh, we're going to hear from one of our friends here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Then we'll be discussing what's next. Listen to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast, your one-stop shop for Islanders news, analysis, and opinions. Featuring the biggest personalities in sports podcasting, TJ and the grumpy old man. That's right, TJ. If you want your opinions viewed through orange and blue colored glasses from an Islander bobo and charter member of the Inlouie Trust crowd, you'll love the measured commentary from TJ. On the other hand, if you want the unvarnished truth of a hockey purist, a genius, a legend, And an all-around great guy? The grumpy old man's insane ramblings will be just what you need to survive each and every week. An all-around great guy? Well, we also have weekly installments of Stump the Grump, an absolute fan favorite. Make sure to participate in our live streams and listen every Monday and Thursday to the bi-weekly podcast. You can find the Islanders Never Say Die podcast on The Hockey Podcast Network. And welcome back here, folks. Um, So the other big news this week i mean there's been all this talk about when are they going to start the season what's going to happen with it what are we going to be seeing and today uh betman was at an event or was in a virtual event uh speaking at the sports business drills deal makers and sports panel which is interesting that he's doing a deal makers and sports thing right now but uh The way he termed it was the way that the negotiations are gone with the players. He's saying it is unfortunate and inaccurate. You can see how both sides are trying to frame the argument around uh, what it's going to be to get us back to hockey. Bettman seems to have this idea that he wants to try and push, and the owners want to, and it, it makes some sense on their side of it, to push the idea of we're not renegotiating the deal. The deal is always 50-50 on revenues. We are trying to put it to the players of it works better if the 50-50 can happen more this year. Because something that was built into this collective bargaining agreement when they did the extension was that there would essentially be little to no increase in the salary cap while the owners were recouping what they knew would be losses from this year against the 50-50. Now, I don't know if this is happening because some of the owners are more cash poor than we thought. Um, I I mean, poor is a relative term to use for them, but the idea of cash poor, when you're talking about wealthy people in the, in this stratosphere of wealth that own NHL hockey teams, uh, some of that wealth is often tied up in things like the value of a business they own or, or in stocks or things like that. It's not liquid cash where they can just Say, oh, you know, it's it's not like somebody's worth five billion dollars, and they can be like, oh, well, let me go to the bank account that has five billion dollars and withdraw three million dollars to pay somebody. It's it's things like I own a business that's worth four point five billion. Again, I'm not trying to say oh poor as them, but just trying to illustrate where we're running into some issues potentially. The business is worth four point five billion, generates good profits each year, but the owner will say, hey, I'm going to go borrow. 10 million dollars to handle something with a bank or i'm going to go borrow 10 million dollars from a bank pay some things out do some reinvestment do some other things and there's that collateral of the value of my business to kind of hold up why i can do this and it's a so i'm wondering if that's what's going on with some of these owners where we're at with some things um if there's some cash pour going on because they're really it really feels like the commissioner is pushing this in terms of well, it's not really fair if we if you guys get your 50-50 now or if you guys get a higher percentage than the 50-50 now and in two or three years, people who are the players who are not even in the league yet, who are getting drafted in or who just got drafted in or you know that they're having to pay a higher amount in escrow or that the cap's not going up for them because we didn't take the hit now. I don't know if there's a right answer in this. Um, I do tend to sympathize with the argument from the player's side of, well, you knew the pandemic was a problem when you signed this deal just months ago. So why aren't we just going by that deal? I I see a lot of reason to say, yeah, that's... I I see a lot of reasons that that make... This this kind of feel, that this feels like they're renegotiating. I mean, Gary is essentially... He says we're not renegotiating... I mean, they are. It's just he's trying to say what I think he's trying to pin it as what we're negotiating is not this massive restructuring. It's 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 tweaking. And I don't know if that's accurate because if you're a player who's giving up, you know, 25, 30% of your salary this year and they're coming and asking for more, that doesn't feel like tweaking. Whereas if you're the owner paying it out. Maybe it does there. We may be getting into some issues of perspective. I, I don't know. This is a situation, the way I commented on it the other day, is sometimes the leadership, like sometimes Gary Bettman comes across as one of the smartest guys in the room. Other times he comes across like he's one of the dumbest. And this kind of feels like the latter, where it's just not, like he's just trying to, Make an argument regardless of the efficacy of that argument. Um, so I found that to be an interesting. It's interesting. I, I think we're going to have a season. I think there's too many reasons for them not. I think there's too many reasons that they need to play. Um, I think there's too much at stake for them not to play this season. Uh, so that's where. That's where I'm at with it. Um, so I think it'll happen. I think it's a matter of more when and what does that season look like than what does the then then than if it'll happen. I think it's more of a when and what it'll it look like. So it's a little different there, uh, different kind of season a little bit. Um, and coming up next uh after our last little break here. Uh, we're going to kind of get into some of the some of the fun speculation that I like, some of the stuff I really like, uh, that also kind of lends to why there really will be a season this year. We just finished a really exciting season of hockey here in Columbus, and the future is bright with all these awesome young players, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Alexander Texier, Liam Foodie, Elvis Merce-Lincoln, but now you've got a new problem. How do you get jerseys for these guys? Well, we've got you hooked up, coolhockey.com slash THPN. And since CoolHockey.com doesn't outsource jerseys for customization like competitors, they're able to offer the best deals, best quality, and pricing and time on your delivery. So remember, when you need a new jersey, CoolHockey.com slash THPN for our exclusive discount there, remember to use the discount code THPN, CoolHockey.com slash THPN. All right, so something else that came up at this uh, conference or this panel where Gary Bettman was speaking. He was asked other than money. What is the NHL looking for in the next U S TV deal? Bettman. It's about exposure. It's about promotion. It's about how how the games are covered production values, the talent they use, who will give our fans best connectivity and experience. So. When I saw this, uh, a lot of people, a lot of the responses from the tweet, and the tweet came from Emily Kaplan of ESPN. uh, A lot of the responses were, oh, looks like ESPN. Looks like the NHL is going to be back on ESPN. And that exposure thing, there's a big lot to be said about that because ESPN has a dozen channels and a dozen shows and all kinds of talk shows, which those talk shows, I think, is something where the NHL has been missing out. You really want to be on shows like Get Up and First Take and all that. And I know that for the hardcore hockey fan, uh, as are somebody listening to this show, that probably doesn't mean a lot to them. Cause I'm guessing, you right if you're big sports hockey, you're probably not watching a lot of ESPN because shock, they don't talk a lot of hockey, but what those shows do and what ESPN radio does and what ESPN, the website does is the right term I can think of is paper of record. Um, This is a concept that's kind of getting away in the modern age, but for a long time, the New York Times was considered the paper of record, meaning that it kind of set the precedent for the day. The big national stories they were talking about is what everybody else started talking about. It's what kind of set up what was going to be on the evening news is big deals, that sort of stuff. ESPN is the media of record for the sports community, meaning just if ESPN talks about it, that can make something a story. Um... I mean, there's a reason that you know they they run those crazy debate shows in the morning, and there's a reason they pay somebody like Stephen A. Smith millions of dollars a year to just bloviate and be a crazy person on on uh, TV and to troll cowboy fans because it sets that discussion for the day of sports. They can kind of drive things. They can make those discussions happen. It is the thing that uh, always was strange to me about. Um, i what was the show on uh fox first things first fox sports uh one has that show called first things first and when you watch that show in the fall it's all and and winter it's all football and hot and uh football and basketball which always struck me as touch odd because fox doesn't have any nba rights so they're talking about sport now again during the winter once you get into winter fox doesn't have a whole ton of rights but I found it interesting that they really weren't pushing their sports more. Um, And it maybe it's something where you give the people who run the show more creative control and they don't like talking a lot about uh, baseball or whatever else. But I found that interesting. But I think there's a couple of other candidates other than ESPN that can really help the NHL do this whole growing and exposure thing. One is the aforementioned Fox. Um, Fox has Fox Sports 1. They've got... uh, And they've got a national broadcast network, which that would be something for the NHL to be the only other major sport in America of the major team sports because the NFL is on multiple broadcast networks. The NBA is not. The NBA is on ABC as far as broadcast networks. For those not familiar with the terminology, essentially it's those major networks, CBS, NBC, Fox. It's, It's the channels you can get when you put up an antenna because uh, they have the widest reach by far. Um, but right now, I mean, baseball is only on Fox as far as broadcast. I, they got a few games on ABC this year because of that, because uh, Disney seems to be getting much more comfortable with the idea of blurring the line between ESPN and ABC. But I mean, other than college football and pro football, no other major sport in America is consistently on two broadcast networks. So something like Fox would be an interesting go for. And again, with Fox Sports 1, you have channels where you can get people to talk about it. They have their shows. You can try and push. You can try and make sure you have more hockey talent there to talk more hockey if you want to push it there. Um, I doubt you're going to start getting a lot of hockey takes from Colin Coward. But I could see him, you know, with he's a corporate dude. And I can see if the bosses at Fox say, hey. Let's get some more hockey guests on your show. That could be something. And Colin Cowherd, for as much as he can be annoying and as much as he can be kind of an idiot, he is, um, he can make conversation happen, and that's something the NHL would want. Other network I would look at CBS. Um, CBS is lo- losing SEC football. So that's their major college football contract they're losing. Uh, they've got, what is it? I think they've got like Mountain West football or something, and they put that on CBS Sports Network. But if you're the NHL, and if CBS says to you, hey, we want, we want the broadcast rates. Now, from the NHL, CBS only works under one condition it can't be really like NBC where most of the games are on their sports network. Cause CBS sports network, I think is lesser known than NBC sports network. So yeah, now you could do like a game a week, maybe on that CBS sports network, as long as you had NHL content on CBS sports network, uh, that CBS sports HQ, that website that is just constantly streaming and showing stuff. And one game a week during the regular season on the broadcast network. Because that's the thing. If you can get those broadcast networks growing more, that's going to be helpful to the NHL. Um, That's going to be big. Now, also, as far as this promotion and whatnot, maybe we're seeing a streaming partner come in. I imagine if you're doing a streaming partner, you're kind of going the NFL route where you're kind of putting it in tandem with a TV deal. Um, Maybe something where, like, if, let's say, Fox Sports gets it. When Fox Sports does their, if they do say they do one game uh, a week on the broadcast and then they do one game a week on Fox Sports 1, if that was also tied into a deal with Twitch or something, that may make some level of sense, kind of the same way the NFL is doing it. I don't really see the idea of going to, oh, we're going to have an, I mean, maybe you do like an exclusive like Twitch game of the week or something, and it would just, that would probably be something more akin to what they've done with the Twitter in the past, where it's just taking a local team stream and sticking it out there, that would make some level of sense to me, but uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities here. But the big thing right now, anyway, for us, because this carrot's out there of going and getting the new TV deal, that's one of the main reasons there will be a season this year. I would be stunned if there wasn't, because this is the last year of the NBC deal. I don't think the NA- the NHL. I don't think they want a lame duck year on NBC where they still have a year on NBC and they're going to go somewhere else. Now, I'm almost assuming that the next deal NBC is going to be a part of and there will be a second network. The question is who's going to be the second network. But either way, um, I just that I don't see the NHL owners, especially with all the money they're going to have to recover after this season, saying, hey, let's delay that that big payday because they're expecting, I mean, right now they make, I think it's like $200 million a year from the NBC deal. Right now, I think the estimates are we're going to be seeing them triple their, and their TV revenue in the States. I think it was higher before the pandemic. I don't think the pandemic's going to destroy that number, but I think it'll probably bring it down a touch. But to go from 20 million to 60 million would be massive i mean to put that into perspective right now uh between the 31 teams 20 million a year gets you about 645 thousand dollars a year which isn't nothing but i mean it's uh oh no i'm sorry i did that math wrong if it's 200 million dollars a year yeah Divided by 31 teams. So 6.45 million a year. So not bad. Um, it, it pays one higher salary on your team. So that's not bad at all. But if on the new deal, you're at 600 million, that's divided by the 32 teams, you're talking 18.75 million a year per team in this TV deal. That would be huge. I mean, that's big. That's the kind of thing where you can start earning back some of this money you've lost in the pandemic. Uh, so that's huge. I mean, because they're talking about this year they're going to be 300 million short. Well, if the next TV deal starting next year gets them 400 million more and they can keep the cap flat, the owners can make back everything they've lost this year next year, which again is silly to me why it, you don't want to delay a season over this. If they're trying to run a deal with the players, fine. But if you're dumb enough to let this delay the start of your season, I think that's the big mistake there. I think you take your lumps you borrow money to make it through this year and you get that big TV deal and that's where you start making your money back. So that's my view. Uh, That's where I think they need to go with it here. Thank you guys very much for watching this week or listening or whatever you're doing. Uh, Again, two shows a week. Now we're going to have them. If you're watching the podcast, if you're listening to the podcast when it just comes up in your feed uh, Monday morning and Thursday morning and the uh, if you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube, uh, Sunday night and Wednesday nights are when the shows are going to be on right around eight o'clock. So thank you guys very much for watching. Thank you for listening and let's go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets debrief. And thank you for listening.